0: Hi, this is Guy
1: Kawasaki.
0: Hi, this is Gideon Shelwick here. My name is Farnoosh Brock. And you're listening to Learning with Leslie. Learning with Leslie. This is Learning with Leslie. 2414 This is Learning with Leslie. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samo from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, episode... Episode 230. I'm on the line with Kate Erickson, the content creator and community leader at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, and the host of Kate's Take, an audio blog where she shares actionable advice for entrepreneurs who are looking to just start and take action today. She left her 9-5 at an advertising and marketing agency to partner with her other half, John Lee Dumas, to build something bigger something where she could feel as if do what she loves and feel fulfilled at the end of the day and like she's actually helped someone. I brought her on the show to talk about how to run a business with your significant other. I'm fascinated by how they're doing it, and I believe that there's a lot for us to learn. So working with your significant other, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Kate, Kate, how are you doing today?
1: I'm um, so good, Leslie. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm so excited to be here with you.
0: Uh, no problem. It's great to have you on. I, I'm excited about this topic because it's something that I'm considering. I don't know if I've mentioned that on my podcast before, but it's something that I'm considering. And I know that there are others that are considering doing something similar. So I thought sharing your story would be a really, cre- a, a really great way to get, get people some insight on how you do it successfully. Is that okay for you?
1: That's so okay with me. I'm ready to share all.
0: All right. Sounds good. Just before we get started, quick announcement. This is the first time we are doing an interview or a podcast episode on Blab. And I'm excited because we have people in the room that are watching us live. Yes, show notes guy is asking if this is live. It is live. And Chris Ducker is joining. Um, We have EFT Doc and and, and a number of other people in the room interacting with us. If you're interested in joining us in the future, go to blab.com. That I am and you can look me up Leslie Samuel but I'm, this, that's not a topic for today the topic is Kate we're going to be talking about how they do things and I'm excited about that so Kate I was looking into you a little bit today and I saw something interesting you actually wanted to be a college professor is that correct
1: <laughs> that's true I did that was like my dream for a long time that
0: was your dream job so you were in college you were studying what were you studying at the time
1: I was studying English. Um, I got my undergraduate degree in English, and then I did a a stint in banking for a a little bit. And then I decided, well, I really want to be a college professor. Maybe the best way for me to take that next step there is to go get a graduate degree. Uh So I went back to graduate school to get my English degree, thinking that that would help me get a college professor job. um and that wasn't the case but that's the path that i was on yeah
0: all right so okay you you graduate with your degree you're you're thinking about going on for um a master a graduate degree and so on um but somehow you ended up doing something completely different can you talk a little bit about that
1: sure well while i was earning my graduate degree um i i interned at an advertising and marketing agency i thought like I got to get out of this banking thing. I'm not really into it. I know it's not. So let me check out marketing and advertising, see, you know, what that's like. And so I got this internship. I was there for the duration of my graduate degree. And when I graduated, I decided to leave the city that I was in. So I left that job with it and was kind of heartbroken over it. Like I, I went, I was going to pursue my college professor dream, um, but I was missing advertising and marketing the whole time. Like the energy um, and everything in the industry like really had me fired up. I was learning so much new stuff. And uh, and so I ended up going back into banking because I couldn't find a, uh, College professor position. Okay. Um, It was right around, this was in 2008, which was pretty much when in California the school system plummeted in terms of jobs. Like they were laying teachers off, let alone hiring anybody. Like that was just not happening. So I went back into banking and stayed there for three and a half years after that until I finally took my first entrepreneurial leap, which is right at the time that I had. Uh, connected and started a relationship with Mr. John Lee Dumas.
0: And what was that entrepreneurial leap that you took? I assume it wasn't um, related to Entrepreneur on Fire?
1: That's right. It was unrelated. Um, it was a business that I called Kate's Copy. Okay. And I was looking to help online, uh, well, small businesses who weren't online yet mm-hmm. actually t- have a presence online, like really help them get exposure I was really looking to target small businesses in the Portland, Maine area, because that's where John and I were living at the time, okay. And uh, yeah, my goal with Kate's copy was to really help them get online.
0: Gotcha. And how long were you doing Kate's copy?
1: About six months,
0: okay, so you're doing this for six months. This is you said you started that when you and John started dating. was that around the same mm-hmm. time? Okay. So you're doing this for six months. What, what happened at that six month mark where, I mean, what, yeah, just what happened at that six month mark?
1: At that six month mark, I wasn't gaining any traction or momentum with my business. I did not have one client. I was going to networking events, you know, just busting my rear, trying (laughs) to figure out how to make it in this online space. Um, learning about social media for really the first time. I had never used it in a business sense before, obviously. Um, I was looking for ways to kind of grow my own online presence at the same time trying to tell other people that I could do it for them, which I can see now in retrospect why that was not attractive (laughs) to them. Uh Um, And so it really came down to, am I going to continue trudging and hoping and, you know, trying to figure out whether or not this business is going to work? Or am I going to go back to advertising and marketing and Mm -hmm. do something I know I love, have a steady paycheck, have health insurance, you know, all the comforts that a corporate job provides us. And I decided to, I I got my dream job at an advertising and marketing agency. It was an account executive position, which is what I'd always wanted to be when I was in the industry before. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ended up deciding that I was going to drop my business and I took that job.
0: Okay. So you dropped it. You took this job. It's kind of like your dream job, What, maybe your secondary dream job in this other mm-hmm. industry. Um, and what happens next?
1: I was at that agency for about one year. Okay. Um, I started there in February of 2012 is okay. when I started at the agency. John at the time was in commercial real estate. So both of us are in corporate jobs at this time. Mm-hmm. Um Then maybe around June or July of that same year, so just a handful of months after I had started at this agency, I was absolutely loving it. You know, the people were great. I was learning a lot. John sends me an email and tells me that he's going to quit his job and he wants to start a podcast. And he's wondering, you know, if he has my support in doing that. Um, and so we we chatted a bit more about this because I kind of had to figure out what the whole podcasting thing was about. I didn't know much about <laughs> podcasting at all at the time. I think I had listened to The Moth a few times. Like that was the only podcast I knew. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, we had a couple conversations about this. I told him that he had, you know, 110 percent of my support because even though I had no idea how he was going <laughs> to make this work, he seemed very confident about it, very passionate, very excited about what he was going to be building, and so I said, "Yeah, you have my full support."
0: So, are you, but do you have any doubts in your mind at this point? Because I mean, leaving leaving a secure job to something like entrepreneurship—that's not the most. It's not always the most comforting thing in the world because you just yeah. nev- you never know. I mean, it can be extremely successful or it could not. Are you having any doubts at this point?
1: I I wasn't and I think the reason why is because John's job that he was in was commercial real estate uh-huh. which is certainly not an entrepreneurial venture mm-hmm. but you really are still in charge of gotcha. what you do with your time and how hard you hustle. And so given that his job wasn't necessarily steady, I mean he he might have worked on a deal for 8 months and then it might fall through and Got he it. gets nothing. So there, there was a lot of uncertainty in his commercial real estate job at the same time. So I really didn't have any doubts. And I knew that John's very financially savvy. Mm-hmm. He's very smart with his money. Um, and I knew that he wasn't putting us in a situation or a position to where we needed to worry about whether or not we could pay our rent.
0: And John is a hustler. I mean, I just got to yeah. say it. <laughs> he gets stuff yeah. done. <laughs> I, I, I knew that from the first time I met him. I could see that he was serious about his business. So, um, okay, so he gets into, he starts Entrepreneur on Fire, um, and that starts taking off, um, and you're still working at this job that you're working at. How mm-hmm. did you go from working at that job to saying, you know, maybe you know we should partner together and work on building this together?
1: It was definitely an ongoing conversation. It was never something that, you know, came up at dinner and the next day I was putting in my notice at my job. (laughs) Um, It was, it was definitely, you know, as John started to grow. So he launched in September of 2012, three months after he came up with this idea, like he was full speed ahead and around January of 2013. So about four or five months after he launched the podcast, he said, he came to me one night and he said, Kate, this is working. Like, (laughs) look at all these downloads that I'm getting for my podcast. Look at the people that I've had as interviewees. Look at my website. People are actually coming to it. And people want to hire me as a coach. Like they want me to teach them how to do what I'm doing. And it was kind of at that moment that I think he realized that, that this was going to work. And he said, I, I know that in order to continue on the path that I wanna be on for this business that I can't do this with just myself and a virtual team. Cause at the time he did have two virtual team members who were helping him out with a lot of backend, um, you know, emails and, and social media, just making sure things didn't fall through the cracks basically. And at the time when he said that and, and said, I, I think that it would be awesome if you came on board because I think we could do a lot together. You clearly have drive and motivation and, and all this other stuff to learn. Um, what do you think? And I told him that I didn't think it was a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and you know, I had a lot of fear around the fact that we, we were still quite early in our relationship. Really. We had only been together for a year at the time. Um, you know, there was no rings anywhere. Uh And, you know, I didn't really know what that meant for our relationship. And so I was I was pretty nervous about it. I really took a lot of time to think about it. Um, And if we want to fast forward a bit, I mean, it was really four months before I finally made the decision that, yes, I was going to quit my job and come on board.
0: So you're going through this four month process of deliberating, thinking about the possibility (laughs) of working with him. um, And you eventually made the decision, Okay, you know what? I'm gonna do now. Was there was there any one thing that helped you to jump over the bridge and say, you know what, I'm gonna do this, or was it just like a series of events that happened?
1: A huge thing was just seeing and feeling like John's support for it. Like Mm. for him to be that confident about what we could do together really made me think. Like I I must just be being overly me. Like, I'm <laughs> thinking about this way too much, which is what I do very often. <laughs> I overthink things. I question things a million times. And he was so confident about it. And he was so sure that we could really do something big together. That really helped a lot. But but the one thing that made me go from I don't know to yes, was finding out what I could add to the business. What could I bring to the business that I'm passionate about and that I'm going to be excited doing and how does that fit into helping our business move forward? Okay, that so. was the, at that point i was t- i said yes
0: all right so let's talk about the decisions that are being made in this process because you know it, i'm thinking you know he's running this business it, at one point it was just all him you're coming into this business now and you're trying to help to support him you're trying to help to build with him and so on it's easy to be in a situation where you could think well you know well now john is going to be my boss or this is going to get kind of awkward we got to you know live together and you know work on our relationship while all of this stress is potentially going on um what were some of the decisions that you guys were making in this transition period when you did decide all right i'm leaving my job i'm going to get started to work with entrepreneur on fire
1: To your point about everything you just talked about, setting boundaries was huge. Like, what is your position in the business and what's my position in the business? Because I didn't want to be John's employee and Mm -hmm. I didn't want John to be my boss because I knew for me that would affect our personal
0: relationship
1: in a not so positive way um i needed to feel like there was a place for me in this business that was not an employee position i wanted i wanted to be this business i wanted to be in it just the same way that john was so for us to kind of talk about what that actually looked like was really enlightening because it's easy to say like okay That you know what I'm doing, you know. You've been, if if I'm John, he says, Kate, you know what you know what I've been doing. You've been seeing me working on this for five, six months. Why don't you come on board? It's going to be really fun and we can do awesome things together.
0: Yeah,
1: for me, I'm like, what does that look like? What What does 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 that mean? mean? Yeah, am I going to be answering your emails? Am I going to be, you know, taking tasks in WordPress? Am I going to be Um, doing outreach to try and get you different interviewees on your show. You know, I just I needed to know what that looked like. And so the conversations that we had leading up to that were things like me just sitting down and and getting real with myself. Like, Mm -hmm. what am I passionate about? What does move me? What do I feel great when I'm doing and how can I marry that with something that's going to be valuable to this audience? And, you know, writing was something that I was always very passionate about teaching was a dream of mine. I'd always wanted to be that college professor. And so we started picking up on these things that I've always been really passionate about. And we started trying to figure out how those could add to the business in a positive way. And like a direct example of that is one of the very first things I did when I came on board is we started guest posting. We probably did like 15 guest posts within the span of, you know, I don't know, six, seven, eight months. And that Took one of my passions, something that I was, you know, really fired up about. It married it with something that could really move our business forward because we got a ton of exposure through that. I mean, we were on Social Media Examiner, we were we did um, posts for Fizzle, um, and so we were really getting exposure and able to leverage other audiences while adding a ton of value at the same time. All while me being able to do something I'm passionate about.
0: So le- now let me let me uh, I want to go even deeper into that because you you had to do some thinking. You had to think about what you're good at and what you could bring and so on. What part of that was you doing thinking, and what part of that was both of you working together and having conversation? Um, how how was that structured? I know you didn't have uh, well, yeah. Just how was that structured?
1: It was kind of. Uh, You know, John's the one that gave me the idea to even do something like that. Yeah. Because I probably never would have thought of that. I, being like so corporate minded, I probably would have said, like, okay, I'll just come on and, and we'll see what happens. Like, we'll see where I fall into the business. And because John, understood how important it was to me to not do that he's like this is what we got to do got it you need to spend a couple days and you need to write down what you are passionate about like what do you love doing Mm. and then let's sit down together after you've done that and we'll have a conversation about it so so it was a little bit of like me going off and like doing some homework i guess (laughs) and then coming back and us having a conversation about it so that you know we could figure out together what that might look like in the business.
0: See, the importance of this interview is, um, for those of you that are listening, I'm actually thinking about exactly this process. My wife isn't working. She's at home with our son, um, and we don't have any plans for her to go off and get a job. Um, So we're thinking about ways that we can kind of work together. And what you're saying right now makes a ton of sense in that you have some time to go off on your own and to think through what it is you want and then both of you coming together. Now, that sounds very simple, but quite frankly, Mm. I would have never thought of that. That's why this interview is such an important one for anyone that's thinking about going through this process. So you get to do your own, you know, think on your own as to what you're passionate about and how you can bring value and what you can do. And then you guys are working together and then you guys together made some decisions as to how we're going to start this journey. Now, Now, my next question is this. Were there any challenges in that process, um, in the process of you coming on now after you, you've made these decisions, were there any challenges in that process or did you guys just do such a good job at working that through um, at, on paper, whatever the case might be, that it just went like a smooth transition?
1: There were definitely challenges. I mean, in business, as an entrepreneur, you can plan all you want. But <laughs> you know just as well as I do that – it's not always going to turn out exactly how you had hoped or you had mapped out. Um, so there are definitely some challenges. I mean, I came on board and of course we come up against some things like our business was growing very rapidly at the time that I came on board. Mm-hmm. So there were some things that we ended up implementing in our business that neither of us ever saw coming. I mean, bringing on sponsors on a recurring basis, neither of us ha- talked about that as i was coming on board but it's something that happened pretty soon after i came on board to where now it was okay there's john there's me and at that time we just had one other virtual assistant so there were three of us
0: mm-hmm.
1: we're doing sponsorships we're about to like come on board and have recurring sponsorships on the podcast who is in charge of that mm. you know like which one of us is going to really take ownership of this project and, you know, again, going back to like what I'm best at and what I'm passionate about, I am a project manager. That's what I did at the advertising agency I was at. I'm a very detail oriented. I like to be really specific and thorough. So actually managing that made the most sense for me to be the one doing that. Plus you know, we get into writing unique reads for each of the sponsors. I love to write. So, you know, it was like when new projects like that would come up, that were pretty unexpected. They weren't something that we had necessarily planned, planned for out. in my transition coming on board. Mm-hmm. It was really about taking a step back and saying like, okay, well, what's involved in this and how, what, what makes the most sense for, for given our team structure and what our roles are, who should be taking on this project. So there was a lot of that as I was transitioning on board.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay, so we spoke about the decisions that you guys had to make, um, and when it was all said and done, and you actually came on, what did the structure look like? What were your roles? What was what were his roles? And how? Did, yeah, what did that end up being like?
1: Mm-hmm. In the very beginning, a big chunk of my time was spent familiarizing myself with this industry I just jumped into. I knew of podcasting and of names like Pat Flynn and Amy Porterfield through conversations that John was having with other people, but I didn't know it myself. And I felt like that was going to be really important for me to understand this industry that I was coming into. So a lot of my time was devoted to subscribing to people's email newsletters and reading blogs every single day, started reading Social Media Examiner every single day to really familiarize myself with like, what's the pace of this industry? What are other people doing that's working for them in this industry? Like really familiarizing myself with that. Also, I needed to get to know our audience. John was always so fired up when he would talk about Fire Nation. And, (laughs) you know, it was just like this massive... excitement in his voice when he's on an interview and he's saying, fire nation, are you guys hearing this? And I'm like, (laughs) I need to get to know fire nation. So I spent a good amount of time. Um, actually what I did is I went into a Weber, which is the email client we were using at the time. And I clicked the box for, I want to be notified every time somebody opts into our email newsletter list. And every time somebody opted in, I would reach out to them individually. And I'd say, Hey, my name is Kate. I work with John at entrepreneur on fire. I love to just hear from you. Like, why did you subscribe today? Or what's your number one struggle right now? Like, what's what type of information could we give you right now that would really help you on your journey? And through doing that, I learned a ton about our audience. So I would say like 50% of my time was just consumption and learning. And then the other 50% of my time was I was going to start our blog. So I started our blog and I was going to take over the newsletters. So all of our subscribers would get weekly newsletters i was going to take over that so that was really what was on my plate in the beginning
0: okay so he's running the podcast he is doing whatever else in the world he's doing um and you are you are engaging with the community getting to know them and it seems like you're really putting a personal touch into this you you're going and emailing every subscriber as they subscribe. I mean, did I hear that correct? Because that that just sounds crazy to me. (laughs) (laughs) And that wasn't an automated process. This is you just taking that interest in the community and trying to learn as much as possible about it.
1: Mm -hmm. Hmm. Exactly.
0: Very, very cool. Okay, so now you guys decide on a structure and you start off with that structure. 50% of your time is doing those things. The other 50% is building the blog and a few other tasks. How did it evolve from there? Because I'm a, well, you know what? Before that, let's jump ahead to today. What's your role in the business today?
1: My role in the business today is really if we want to put like just a big umbrella on it, I'm the implementer. I make things happen in our business. John is the idea generator, and I am the implementer. So we have very separated roles in that respect. He comes up with an idea that he wants to get done or implement. We talk about it, and then I figure out a way to do it. Okay, That's like very just like high-level umbrella.
0: No, but that's great. <laughs> But but what I'm seeing there now, I'm seeing an evolution. I'm seeing first starting with, you know, following blogs and checking out podcasts and, you know, writing to the blog and all that kind of stuff and interacting with people to something that looks different today. How did that evolution take place?
1: Well, it's been two years plus yeah. in the making. I've been on board for two years now. Um, It was really an evolution, not so much of just me, like learning and understanding what I'm best at, and really embracing that, because, which is implementing things, which is figuring out a system or a process to make something happen. I love doing that. But when I first came on board, I kind of had in the back of my mind, and I didn't know this at the time. This is two years later, Mm -hmm. a lot of lessons learned from the experience that I've had, but back then, I felt like being the person that puts things in place. Like I didn't want to be that person. I don't know why. I don't know if it felt like somebody was telling me what to do and then I was just going and doing it. I don't know what it was, but like I was very resistant to that. Okay. And over the past year, I've come to realize that that's what I am best at. That's where I can make the biggest impact in our business because that's what I'm really good at and I do really enjoy doing it. So, part of the evolution was it's just figuring out and it and it is not something that I think you can just sit down and like train yourself on. It's only something that I learned from doing different tasks and, you know, testing out different things. I, I know that nobody wants to hear that because people want a way to like figure this out right now. But that piece of it really was a, an evolution over over the years. The other evolution was our business growing and us starting to do new things. I mean, I gave sponsorships as an example. There's, you know, 10 other things that have happened in our business since I came on board that have helped me evolve to where I'm at in the business today. Fire Nation Elite is our elite mastermind tribe, which we launched just a couple months after I came on board. That's kind of how I fell into, well, not fell into, that's how I kind of embraced the community manager role you know, I loved interacting with people. And I saw that through sending out those individual emails to our subscribers when I very first started day one. And that evolved to us starting a mastermind tribe with this group of people that like, I just love chatting with them. I love engaging with them. And I love hearing their story. And I love helping them find new ways to grow their business. And You know, that really fired me up. And so that's kind of how I came into like this community manager role. That engagement piece just like really got me going. And, you know, it goes all the way to when we started Podcasters Paradise, our community for podcasters. It was like, okay, this is a great idea and we want to do this. And I love the community piece and we're all good on that. But how do we build a membership site? I mean, how do we put video tutorials on a site that's behind a login and, you know, so, process payments monthly, <laughs> one time, um, how do we follow up with people when they miss payments? And all of this just started to become like what I gravitated towards. Like when we talked about starting Podcasters Paradise, and there was like this whole idea of a membership site, I got really excited about figuring out how to make that happen. And so that was kind of, you know, step by step, letting me know, like how into this implementation thing I am. Give me a challenge. I want to solve it.
0: So it's uh, it sounds basically like this. This isn't necessarily something that that's related to the you know running a business with your significant other. It's it's just about running a business, right? As you're running a business, things evolve, things grow, and in that process, you start to figure out more about who you are, more about what you're passionate about, what you're good at. And starting and you're evolving along with the business, which is which is great to see. And it it sounds like in terms of the partnership between the two of you, because it started off on a healthy foundation, um, it was able to withstand the evolution of the business, the growth of the business, to where you didn't feel as if you know you were under someone that's your boss, but it felt as if and it is as if you guys are partners.
1: Right. And, you know, every step of the way, like that, that was one side of the equation that I just talked about, like the evolution of where I started and where I am right now. Every step of that was always taking into consideration whether or not John should be doing that. Mm. So, you know, when we started Podcasters Paradise, it was like one side of that was, okay, I'm going to do the whole membership thing. John's side of it was how do we market this thing? Like how are we going to tell people about Podcaster's Paradise? So every time one of those new projects came up, I just, you know, went into detail about what it looked on my side, but concurrently, John and I are having conversations about this to say how do we divide and conquer this idea so that it's most efficient so that we can produce the biggest amount of value and you know, it makes sense for both of us to be working on one side or the other.
0: Makes a lot of sense. Now, um, as you're growing your business, uh, you guys are working as, as a team. How do you do like, I mean, do you do team meetings? And if so, how does that work?
1: We don't have like a structured time where we okay. say every Monday at noon, we're going to meet. Um, we're very open communication. That was a boundary from the very beginning. Like, I don't ever want to hold back anything that we're feeling about the business. If you don't like an idea that I have, I want to hear it. If I don't like an idea you have, you're going to hear it. And we've come up with over time, a lot of different communication techniques to not disrupt each other's day because the way that our roles are set, we work on very different things in the business. Of course, they all come together and they work together and that was purposeful, but we don't like our Skype communication, we have short codes for each other. And if I want to ask John a question, I just type QQ and I send it to him. If he's busy and he can't answer a question right there, he's not going to answer me back. And so we've set boundaries around how we communicate with each other as to not disrupt each other's day. But in doing so, like if there's something serious that needs attention, we just go to each other. I work in my own office, John works out in the living room, we're 10 feet away from each other, we could really talk to each other anytime. But a lot of the communication that we have will be like, you know, at the end of the day, when I'm making dinner, it's like, how'd your day go? Like anything you want to talk about, but it's not really set and structured to where we're like, at noon, we're meeting.
0: (laughs) Great, great. So now this leads me to another question that is very significant. I have my um, smartphone here. I have my iPad over here, my laptop over here. And when you're working online, (laughs) it's so easy for your business, for your work to follow you everywhere all the time. Um, And I would imagine that if you're working together with your significant other, um, there can be some challenges where that's concerned. How do you balance what we do in our business with what we do in our life and in our relationship? Is it like just intertwined fully? Is there separation? What does that look like for you?
1: There's definitely separation. I think there has to be Mm. because... There was a time early on when we were learning how to work together where there was no separation. And like, I did not dig that. I need time when I know that we're hanging out as boyfriend and girlfriend. And I'm totally cool with the time that we're hanging out as business partners, too, because I love it. Mm. I do think there's something really, really special about working with your significant other that brings you closer than like, I don't ever know how you could be that close without running a business together. And that's what I love about working together so much is like having that common goal and that common vision together really is powerful, like more powerful than I would ever know how to describe. But we set boundaries for when we turn off, dinner time and later, is no work. Like, don't get on the computer. Don't be on your phone. Don't be on your iPad. This is our time together. Like our nights are our relationship personal time. Our days, sometimes we'll plan a day where it's like, well, let's get crazy. It's Wednesday afternoon. Like, let's go see a movie or something. We don't typically do that, but sometimes we do. And then really what we try and do is set aside a morning on the weekend, at least where we're spending time together outside of the house. We have you know season passes to SeaWorld here in San Diego. We um, have a beautiful bay that we can go walking around. We have a lot of really great breakfast restaurants. So it's really about setting those boundaries and sticking to them because it's so, so easy to say, like Sunday mornings is gonna be our time and then Sunday morning comes and you really wanna get a lot of work done (laughs) and do this and do that. And so you're just gonna do it for just a second you can't let yourself slip into that because then it's just then you'll never have that personal time together. You've got to set those boundaries and it has to be specific times.
0: Okay, I love that response and and there's something that you said in that response that I gotta I gotta like highlight and we gotta go back to it because it's really fascinating to me. You said that. Running a business with your significant other is one of the things that you believe really helps to strengthen that relationship. That sounds fascinating to me for one simple reason. I always love to strengthen my relationship. (laughs) So I want to understand how does that strengthen, in your opinion, how does it strengthen your relationship? What elements of running this business together strengthens that relationship? Because before 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 you continue, because I know that a lot of people would say that the absolute worst thing you <laughs> you can decide to do is run a business. Number one, with a friend. Number two, with family. And even worse, with your spouse or your significant <laughs> other. Are you crazy? So you gotta enlighten me a little more about that because it sounds very fascinating.
1: Okay, so. Number one, we've had so many people say that to us. Like when we first started working together, we even had people come to us and say, you guys shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> like it's going to ruin your relationship. Number two, I think it's the exact opposite. The first person I would go into business with is my significant other. And the last person I would go into business with is a friend. Well, you, you like you had just said it like a friend, a family member, yep. a significant uh-huh. other. I would flip that. Okay. Um, How I think it strengthens our relationship is like there's no way for us to be more on the same page as we are right now in pretty much every aspect of our life. There's no like fragmentation or like sense that John is really passionate and has something going on that I can't relate to and that I have no idea about. When we would come home from our jobs when we were both working in corporate and I would start venting about that advertising industry, like he was very sympathetic and he would listen to me, but he didn't get it. No matter what I said to him, like he didn't know how I felt when I came home from work. And as much as he would talk to me about commercial real estate and his frustrations there, and even celebrating his wins, I was excited for him. And I was sympathetic towards the struggles that he was going through, but I didn't get it. The fact that we get each other like just the Mm. same way as when you like find your tribe and you're in a mastermind with somebody who's an entrepreneur who talks about that fear or who talks about a struggle. And you're like, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's how I feel with John, like on every level of our relationship, both personal and business. And I just don't think that's possible unless you're running a business together.
0: That sounds so good. It makes me want to run out and, and, and <laughs> grab my wife in here and say, hey, let's do this business thing together. And if I were single, it makes me want to get into a relationship. just. To start. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And um, someone in the chat, this is uh, Dr. Rebecca Jorgensen says, living a dream together, nothing better. And she said, wow. co-creating is so powerful, and I think that reinforces the concept that you, you you're talking about. And I think it's it's fascinating because that's not typically what you hear. T- to see it in such a healthy context, or what seems to be like a healthy con- uh, context, really, really is it's inspiring. Um, so kudos to you guys. You guys are doing a great job. Um, and, and I just love it. Jacob in the chat is asking a question. And we're, we're coming to the end. He's asking, what's the future plan for Kate and John with EO Fire Business? So yeah, what, what does the future look like? I mean, you guys are obviously doing a whole lot of stuff. And it's impacting so many lives. But what's, what's in the future?
1: Right now, like the near future is uh, John's coming out with a with our first physical product. It's a journal. Um, It's called the Freedom Journal. It's how to accomplish your goal in 100 days. Um, We're both really excited about that. We feel like it's going to bring another element to the business that, you know, we're so focused on online and, um, you know, the software that we can use. And, you know, when John came up with this idea, it was like, I want to hold on to something like I want something by my side that I feel is helping me towards my goal. So um, we're really excited about that. We've also talked about doing a travel venture together where um, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't necessarily be under the EO Fire umbrella, but... Um, The idea would kind of be like Rick Steves. Do you know this travel guy, Rick Steves, how he has all of like the travel books and walking tours and stuff?
0: I don't know him, but that sounds very interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, the idea would be that we would go travel to some of the biggest cities in the world and create audio walking tours uh, for people who are visiting so that, you know, they could pop in their earbuds, go on an amazing adventure in Rome, Paris. Uh, you know, Lugano, wherever it might be. So that's not like nailed down and set in stone yet, but it's something that we're talking about.
0: Awesome. So the the, the, the tagline for my blog, my blog is at becomeablogger.com. The tagline is changing the world one blog at a time. Because I believe that you can create a blog, you can create or a podcast or whatever. You can put content out there that has an impact on someone's life. And by doing that, you are changing the world. So One of the things that I've been focusing a lot on, and this is going to be the last question, is the why we do what we do and why we create content and why I blog. My question for you is this. Why do you do it? I mean, yeah, why do you do what you're doing? Why Entrepreneur on Fire? What's your why behind the what? In just a couple of words, John
1: and I came up with this before I was even a part of the business. We do what we do to inspire millions. We want to inspire people and empower them to understand that entrepreneurship is an option and that you can create the life you want to live. You just have to put in hard work, dedication, and you've got to be driven. And every time we receive an email from somebody who says that they started a business because of what we've provided, that they're so grateful for the free content on the podcast, the inspiration, the motivation, the lessons, the strategy. That's why we do what we do. We truly are in it to just help other people realize that this is an option.
0: Kate, okay, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on here and sharing this so much great content. I'm actually like quite excited. I'm a, I'm gonna have my wa- my wife watch this interview and see what she thinks. <laughs> but I'm very excited about this concept. It you, you've really kind of laid out what how you can look at it different than what so many of us hear about. Not being able to run a business with your, your significant other, your spouse, or, or, or anything of that sort. So thank you so much. If anyone wants to find out more about what you're doing, uh, check out anything that you have going on. Where should we send them?
1: eofire.com
0: eofire.com Kate, thank you so much for this interview. Um, I hope all of you got – no, no, no. I'm not going to say I hope. I know all of you got a ton of value from this. This was episode 230. If you want to check out the show notes and any resources that are uh, along with this post, go to becomeablogger.com slash 230. And and if you miss anything, it will be there. Any notes – anything is right there. I hope you found a ton of value in it. And hey, if you would like to know whenever another episode goes live, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the show. You can find out more about how to do that at becomeablogger.com slash podcast. And you can find out about how to leave a review and let us know how you enjoyed this episode or the podcast in general. And if you're trying to get started with a blog so that you can create content, inspire others, and change the world while building an online business, head on over to my free blogging course at freebloggingvideos.com where you get to follow me as I show you how I've built my blogs into successful online businesses, how many others have done the same, And above all, how you can take action and do the same. That's freebloggingvideos.com. It's free, it's actionable, and I think it's pretty awesome. So check it out. That's pretty much it for this episode. This is Leslie Summer from BecomeAblogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. Eight, three, five, two, four, one, four.